11. John chapter 11. And we got through the first part of John chapter 11 last time. We went through verses uh, 1 through 16. But just a quick review of that. So Jesus is told, Lazarus is sick. And um, John specifically says that Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus. Okay, so, you know, verse 6. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. You know, and you go, what? You know, it's like when we pray and God has promised to hear us and he's going to answer our prayers. Just not on our timeline. (laughs) You know, so Mary and Martha, they send for Jesus expecting he'll come and he'll help immediately. He delays, and he does so, so that the Son of, Man, of God may be glorified through it. It is better for the, uh, for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So, as he is waiting, um, he, you know, it's clear Lazarus is dead. Jesus says that he has fallen asleep, but I go to waken him. Uh, but then he makes it clear he's not actually sleeping. He has died. Jesus says, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So, picking it up here, John chapter 11, verse 17. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them during, uh, concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask, from God, God will give you. So, Jesus is, uh, you know, when he arrives, Lazarus has already been in the tomb, how long? Four days. So, he's very dead, right? <laughs> okay. Bethany was near Jerusalem. Now, remember, he, the uh, disciples had said, hey, maybe we shouldn't go so close to Jerusalem. Last time you were there, they tried to kill you. They wanted to kill you. And uh, it ended up with Thomas saying, okay, let us also go that we may die with him. Okay, so he's about two miles from Jerusalem, and many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So Martha comes out to Jesus, right? Hears that Jesus is coming, goes out to him. Now perhaps... Martha goes out to Jesus because um, they're still trying to not be kind of overt yet. Jesus is still not being overt and being seen by everybody just yet, uh, perhaps. Or perhaps she heard and she just decided, you know what, I'm going to go meet him. And what are her, her first words to him? Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. What's that sound like? Yeah, it kind of like kind of kind of a reproach almost, doesn't it? You know, 
<laughs> now, have you ever prayed like that? <laughs> God, you could have done something here. Psalms say that sometimes. They, they, they pray in that way. They teach us to pray in that way sometimes even. When you feel that, sometimes people feel guilty. Like, bringing how they feel to God. Here's the reality. He already knows. <laughs> he already knows if that's how you feel, right? So now, rather than keep it inside... You have an opportunity in prayer to, to take it to him, to unburden yourself of it, and to speak it out loud. Um, he's not going to be offended. He's not going to say, oh, how dare you? Uh, right? I mean, have you ever had kids? Have, have you ever had your kids angry? And they lash out at you. They're not really angry with you, but they lash out at you. And you could respond to that, or you could just be like, okay, <laughs> they, they need to get that out. That's, that's fine. Let them get it out, right? Um, so she, she uh, kind of sounds accusational initially, right? Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But, <laughs> so... She begins with that, but then what do we get right to? Faith. Right? So, John 11, verse 21. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, verse 22, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. She doesn't quite say, hey, raise Lazarus from the dead, does she? that she's not ruling it out. <laughs> this is faith. This is saying, well, you know best. And I'm putting my trust in you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Now, those are pretty big words from Jesus, aren't they? Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. So she says, yes, I agree, Jesus. In the general, general resurrection of the dead on the last day, Lazarus will rise. Yep. Is she voicing the, the historic Jewish faith? So in the, the historic Jewish faith, there's... Yeah, there's a lot of variation throughout um, the history of, of Judaism. Um, but she is voicing one of the commonly held beliefs of that time, of that day. Um, not everybody would have agreed with that. For instance, the um, this is one of the great disputes that we find with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Sadducees deny that there is a resurrection. Um, and the Pharisees would have believed there is a resurrection. Okay, so she's saying, I believe that there is a resurrection on the last day. What does Jesus say? I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, 
yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? So that's a mouthful. (laughs) Right? So I am the resurrection and the life. Right there, pretty big statement, isn't it? What is he saying? Oh, you want resurrection? Yeah, yeah. This is, again, one of the I am statements that we have in John, recorded in John. When Jesus says, I am, he's not merely claiming to be something, but he is also claiming what? Yeah, to be God, to be the the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to be uh, Yahweh, to be the great I am. So, I am the resurrection and the life. He is both claiming divinity, but he's also saying, now, if you want resurrection life, it is found in me. Okay? I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me. Now, hold on now. Whoever? Are there limits? I mean, some people have committed some pretty heinous sins, right? Whoever believes in me? Yeah. What is Jesus offering? Resurrection life, not just for some, but for all. All who trust in him, right? Whoever believes in me. Though he die, yet shall he live. Well, let's stop there first, okay? Though he die, yet shall he live, okay? We're still living under the curse of sin, And so our bodies die, right? However, though we die, Jesus says we will live. But then he also says, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Which is it? (laughs) We will die or we won't die. What do you think he means? So, Jesus is saying, you will never have, you will die temporally, you will never have eternal death. So, here's here's also a reality, okay? Those who have died trusting in Christ, what happens? Where are their bodies? I found this on the web. No, I wasn't talking to you. Okay. Come on. All right. Turn you off of there. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Maybe not the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit, but uh, okay. So, what happens when when a when a Christian dies? The body goes to the ground, right? And the soul is with the Lord. Okay. What happens on the day of Christ's return? Body and soul reunited. The body is raised from death to life. A perfect, immortal, sinless body. Body and soul are reunited. And we live with God, body and soul together for eternity. That is our great hope, right? It's not that our soul goes to be with Jesus. That's good, (laughs) Better is the resurrection. Jesus doesn't say, uh, he who 
believes in uh, who who believes in me will you know have their soul be with me. He's, he says something better. Will live, right? He's offering resurrection life. That is the great hope that we have in Christ. So the the afflictions that we have in our bodies right now are going to be gone, done away with. Okay? Um, Before we go on, all right, any questions on that section? Thoughts? baptism yeah what happens in baptism well hey in fact this is a good jumping off point okay turn in your hymnals real quick to page 278 okay matthew's rejoicing over the funeral service (laughs) page 278 i want to look at the funeral service real quickly because lazarus gives us a good excuse to do that but also because um it confesses. It confesses our faith. It confesses our great hope. Um, it's not designed for the manipulation of emotions. It's designed to proclaim truth and to provide the comfort found in Christ. So, page 278. Uh, so, a hymn. Or psalm may be sung or spoken. I like a lot of hymns for for funerals. Do you know why? They confess the truth too. They confess the faith too, and they give us an outlet for our emotions. Um, so when we choose hymns for a funeral service, we want to do so in such a way that it is going to proclaim the message that we want to be heard. Which means, you know what? Easter hymns are a particularly good for a funeral service because what do Easter hymns proclaim? The resurrection. Matthew? I was just going to say, would you say it's appropriate to kind of call the funeral service the second half of the baptismal service? Yeah, 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 I could see that. I could see that. Well, so, we, so the next thing is a baptismal remembrance, Okay. So we invocation. Now we, we begin with that. Why? Well, it's a reminder that this is God's service. It's a declaration that this is God's servants service, but also it is a reminder of our baptism. You've been baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So then then we remember the baptism of the one who has died in holy baptism whoever that person was, right, was clothed with the robe of Christ's righteousness that covered all his or her sin, as St. Paul says. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Well, this sounds kind of nice. Where do we get this? Oh, Romans chapter 6, 
3 through 5, right? So then the congregation continues reading that. We were therefore buried with him. Uh, we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Uh, so, um, back to Matthew's question, I wouldn't say necessarily the funeral service is the, the uh, completion of it, but actually the resurrection is. <laughs> so the funeral service, though, proclaims what was done for you in your baptism holds fast. What was done for your loved one holds fast. What, you know, they have been united to the one who is the resurrection and the life. And so, though they die, they shall live. Okay, so then you have an intro or a psalm or an entrance hymn. And again, good opportunities for the proclamation of the truth, of the resurrection, of sins forgiven. Okay, we continue continue with a curie. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. When, When do we see people say, Lord, have mercy in scripture? When they're crying out to Jesus. And... Every time they cry out, Lord, have mercy, he does. (laughs) So in the midst of our grief, as we are mourning one who has died, we say, Lord, have mercy. And the Lord says, I have, and I do, and I will. Okay, so we then have the, the salutation, the Lord be with you. Don't skip past that. What are we saying? In the midst of your grief, as you're mourning, the Lord is with you, right? You're not alone. And then you get to extend the same to me, right? Okay, and then we have a prayer. Uh, oh, God of grace and mercy, we give thanks for your loving kindness shown to the name of the person and to all your servants who, having finished their course in faith, now rest from their labors. Grant that we also may be faithful unto death and receive the crown of life through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Now, this is a good reminder of what the funeral rite is about. A, funeral, a Christian funeral is not primarily about the one who has died. A Christian funeral is primarily about who? Christ. And what it means for the person who has died. Okay, so then we have an Old Testament reading or a first reading. What do we want that to confess? The faith in some way, shape, or form, right? Okay, psalm, gradual, same deal. Epistle reading, um, okay, you get to the verse. And if it's not during the season of Lent, we get Alleluia, Alleluia, Jesus Christ is the firstborn of the dead. To him be glory and power forever. Alleluia. And that's from Revelation chapter 1. The firstborn from the dead, that means what? There's more to come. (laughs) The firstborn, but there's more to be born, reborn. Okay? And then if it is during the season of Lent, we don't have the Alleluia. So we say, if we have died with Christ, we shall also live with him. If we are faithful uh, to the end, we shall reign with him. And we get that from Second Timothy chapter 2. Okay. 
Then we get a gospel reading, uh, the, the Apostles' Creed. Now, the, I like how it, the intro to the Apostles' Creed is in the funeral, right? Uh, God has made us his people through baptism into Christ. It starts out with a gospel proclamation, doesn't it? God has made us, right? Not we have chosen him, not um, if we live up to this, but God has made us his people through baptism into Christ. Living together in trust and hope, we confess our faith. And so now what is this also saying? We grieve together. We confess the faith together. God has brought us together, and it is important as the body of Christ to continue to look together to the Lord, trusting that for the sake of Jesus, there is hope and there is life. Okay, so we confess the faith. We sing another uh, hymn, and we get a sermon. Now, what's the sermon going to be about? It's going to be about Jesus. (laughs) Now, is the person who has died going to be mentioned? Sure. But it's not about them. It's about Jesus. And it's about what Jesus has done for them and for you. Um, Okay? Uh, The prayers of the church. So then we, what do we do? We pray together. Just like 1 Timothy chapter 2 tells us we should do, doesn't it? We should pray, and we do so as the body of Christ. Okay, so then we have um, the Lord's Prayer, which we pray together. We have the Nuctimittis. Now, when do we use the Nuctimittis in the divine service? After communion. After communion. Which is cool, because it's now. <laughs> when Well, Simeon, right? Simeon, when does he have this what does he say this or saying this right when he has jesus in his arms and he says now i can depart in peace i can die in peace is what he's saying because of jesus so after communion guess what you can say the same thing i have now received jesus he has come to me and because of him i could die and i have peace Or I can live if the Lord so chooses, and I have peace because the Prince of Peace has come. So we have that interspersed with what we just had from John chapter 11. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. So we begin with that, and then the congregation says, the song of Simeon. Lord, now let your servant go in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. My own eyes have seen the salvation which you have prepared in the sight of every people, a light to reveal you to the nations and the glory of your people Israel. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. And then we go right back to the words of Jesus. I am the resurrection and the life, says the Lord. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Okay, the uh, concluding colic. So again, the Lord be with you. A reminder, the Lord is 
with you. Even as we prepare to leave, you don't go alone. You go with Jesus. And then we pray, right? Lord God, our shepherd, you gather the lambs of your flock into the arms of your mercy and bring them home. What an image that is. You gather the lambs of your flock into the arms of your mercy and you bring them home. You know, calls to mind, of course, the, the 99 and the 1, right? The lost sheep. Jesus brings us home. Comfort us with the certain hope of the resurrection to everlasting life. So let's just stop there. With the, the what hope? Certain. certain hope. Right? Not a wish, not a, a fond hope, but a certain hope. Resurrection life is coming. Not maybe, it is. Okay? Comfort us with the certain hope of the resurrection to everlasting life. And a joyful reunion with those we love who have died in the faith. <laughs> Anybody looking forward to a joyful reunion with those who have died in the faith? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, isn't it? That's what we look forward to. That's part of it, isn't it? Part of what Jesus has given us. We get to see those loved ones who have died trusting in Christ. We will be with them in joy eternally. And then we end through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Who's in control? The Lord's in control. He lives and reigns. Right? Lives. <laughs> Now, not dead, living and reigning. Okay, then we conclude with the uh, benedictus and the benediction. All right, let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. What are we saying there? We're saying, all right, as we live, let our lives be lives that are blessings to others. And in so doing, we honor God. And then you receive the benediction. All right, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. What do we, what do we live, leave with? Blessing, right? That's what benediction means. It, it's a word of blessing, okay? And then let us go forth in what? In peace, in the name of the Lord. How, how can you leave in peace? This loved one has died. Because of Jesus, right? Because of Jesus. We can leave in peace. Okay, so then a hymn may be sung as the casket is led in procession out of the church. And, you know, this is such a powerful thing. The whole service is so powerful because it is proclaiming the truth. It is declaring what Jesus has promised. It is reminding us what is of eternal importance, and it's holding fast those things before our eyes. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's awesome. It really is awesome. Yes? And there's 
whatever, there's absolutely nothing like a Lutheran funeral service. Mm -hmm. Because I've been to a lot of different types of funerals, and I hate to say it, but I have been so happy when they've been over. Oh, yeah. Because they're, you know, when there have been three preachers that the one talks for so long, the other one takes over because he's tired, and the, the other one takes over because that one's tired. And you get nothing out of them. Mm. And the people who come there that are not regular churchgoers, mm-hmm. they probably feel the same way as I do. I went to a funeral one time for a, a young man who had actually been murdered. Um, and he had ties to our church, a whole, a whole long story, but ended up, you know, this, this Reformed Baptist pastor was going to do the, the, the service, and I was, you know, I, I was hopeful that there would be a good message proclaimed. And uh, I went with some members um, um, for carpooling. And the funeral sermon the funeral service never once was mentioned forgiveness. Never once was met, mentioned resurrection. Um, I, I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> we got in the car afterwards and they said, that was awful. He never said anything about forgiveness. He never said anything about resurrection. He barely mentioned Jesus. And like, yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right. To proclaim right. to people who are there either to class right. who don't they need to hear the, the yeah. gospel. And yeah. it's kind of like with the you know, the man who was born blind. Right. You know, who, who sinned? Mm-hmm. Well, nobody. It's the, the work. So the So the, that God may be glorified. Can be glorified. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the people who come, the God can be glorified. Correct. Right? They get to hear of the resurrection, of the promise of life, of forgiveness in Jesus. Right. Uh, I saw another hand. Yep. Yeah, that the, the and and those are symbols that can be used as good reminders of things, right? So that uh, Jesus is the light of the world, and the funeral pall. Um, if you've ever seen a funeral pall used, it you know it, it covers the casket, and it's a reminder of what the righteousness of Christ that covers us in baptism. Now we don't have one, but uh, <laughs> but if we did, that that would be a, another teaching point, another um, thing that is a visual reminder. Of these truths, um, these are they who washed the robes and made them white. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Other. Yes. So this is just such a difference. Seeing by all means, um, I've never been to a Lutheran funeral, so I have no idea. This Correct. Is all yeah. Yeah. Well, part of, and that's part of why we were walking through it is yeah. is for the sake of people that maybe haven't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, which I enjoy. I, I, yeah. I enjoy the focus on yeah. the Lord at the same time. Um, two questions. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anyone receive communion. Like that. So, Neither have I, to be honest. Okay. So it's, it, I, it, it's, it's, it's something that can be done, but um, 
there are challenges to it <laughs> because you have a whole lot of people there oftentimes that you know would not know what it is that they would be receiving and wouldn't know you know you know anything about coming forward or not coming forward or yeah, anything that's and, one yeah yeah um, yeah Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It varies. It's like the seed scattered on the ground, right? So some falls on hard hearts. Some falls, um, and you know, you see the the quick growth, and then it dies off, and you know, all of those different things, right? So you see a variety. Um, but I have seen where. Um, you know, we have had people that they have not, you know, they have not been Christians or not been in church, and it and a funeral becomes the the pathway for them, uh, you know, to enter into that uh, because they hear the gospel and they recognize, ah, uh, yeah, and death is coming for me too. Um, I need to know more. I need to I I need to find out what is this about. Um, and so it becomes an opportunity for, um, you know, for further conversations and for the word of God to be brought to them and uh, to foster the, the seed that has been sown. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I'd like to you know, the, the funeral service <clears throat> and most of what we do <laughs> as a corporate congregation. I love that we don't beat around the bush and try and dance to the tune of the present age. There's so much truth and comfort that needs to be delivered, and there's only one source, and that's the Word of God and Christ Jesus, and proclaiming, getting right down to it. Right. Not yeah. messing around with that other stuff. That stuff yeah. has no value. This is what you need. Yeah, there's not, a, there's not a lot of fluff to this. No. Um, in fact, I would say there's no fluff to this. This is, this is you know... Um, getting to the meat right away. Um, and uh, it's also treating death with the seriousness with which death should be treated. We shouldn't trivialize death. We shouldn't act as if death is no big deal. Death is still the enemy. Death is still a consequence of sin. Death is still not something that is good, but in Christ it becomes, um, it becomes something that has no power over us. Um, and so we get to go back to Lazarus, right? He's asleep because <laughs> Jesus is going to wake him up. And so it is proper to talk about those who have fallen asleep in Christ. And he will raise them from death to life, right? Pastor, I, I wouldn't know if the answer is for sure yet, so that's why I'm asking. Have you been asked to do a funeral for someone you didn't know was baptized or not? I don't believe that has ever happened. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Other thoughts, questions, comments? Um, <laughs> I got like three minutes here to, okay. Um, real quickly, 
Back to John chapter 11. We're just going to touch on this, and then we're going to come back to this next week. But um, verse 28, when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now, when Jesus calls for you, you go. (laughs) Uh, And when she heard it, she, she rose quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now, when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? So we're going we're gonna to come back to that next week. There's, a, there's some things to unpack there. But at the death of Lazarus, Jesus wept. Right? Should we mourn at a Christian funeral? Yes. Absolutely we should. Because death is tragic. It's awful. It's bad. But as St. Paul tells us, we do not mourn as those who have no hope. But we mourn as those who have the sure and certain hope of resurrection life because of Jesus. So yeah, we mourn, we cry, and we laugh, and we smile, because all of those emotions are appropriate. All of those emotions are appropriate. Okay, we're going to stop there for today. We'll come back to that next time. Let's close with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you again for this opportunity to study your word and to be reminded of the the blessings that we have in Christ, that he is the resurrection and the life. In him, we have resurrection life. Because of him, though we die, we will live. We give thanks that even in the face of death, we have hope. We have the sure and certain hope of resurrection life. And we thank you for those, those tools like the funeral service that proclaim this truth to us and comfort us and console us in the midst of grief and remind us of that which is true in Christ. Uh, As we go about our week, give us opportunity to make known to others around us the sure and certain hope that we have in Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.